One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We can strive to have a, a bigger, better sort of impact on the world. And, you know, what does that look like? I mean, people have been fixated on reusable cups and, and water bottles for years. But, I mean, I'm not sure that's saving the world. It's not bad. If I say do it, you know, you should all do it. But but ultimately, you know, what we need to do is use our voice and, and lend our voice to different different systems that can create change. You know, the political system, we all have to vote, you know, vote, vote with the environment and people in mind. I was watching your TED talk you did a little while ago and um yeah I I like I really resonated with that and then recently I've having seen what happened down in Cornwall with some of these spillages um or overflows that they they're calling them it just I really felt the need to kind of reach out and kind of talk to you a little bit more about the work you do and and the why but equally kind of what what got you to this place in the first place so let's maybe start from the beginning start a little bit of of, of a background into who you are what you do and why yeah, look, it's a good, it's always a good question, and I, I've sort of, I've come to the conclusion that you know you sort of, as your life progresses and your career progresses, you sort of, you can sort of retrofit this quite romantic story about you know how how you went on the journey. But you know, I genuinely have always been like passionate about the the outside world. You know, from being a, a young kid, fascinated by just anything that was nature animals I found, stuff I found in the wild, the big patch of wild land at the end of my garden um, as, I, as I grew up, rock pools, seashores, anything, anything at all. You know, my heroes were naturalists and, and, and people who had spent their lives, um, you know, researching and documenting nature. And so that was really my, my first sort of thing. And I, I had a particular fascination for, for the coastline. You know, I was, I was born in London and raised in London, but we used to go away a lot to the southwest of England, the southwest of France. And, you know, those were, were special moments for me. I yearned to go further afield. Our neighbours where I grew up, they, they often used to go to the Caribbean and, and they'd come back with shells for me and books about the shells. And I'd always want to go further afield. It was before the age of everyone flying all the time. You know, it was a sort of a simpler time where a few people sort of flew and 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 most people didn't. And that was really my first love, just nature and then as i as i grew up i, I became a, you know really into sports running 
particularly football and then then surfing and surfing was this thing that fused my first love with a, a new love for for burning adrenaline really um i'm i'm really i'm always sort of on full throttle and i think i need things to burn adrenaline so surfing did that and took me into the wild where i could see you know see stuff you know you see all sorts in the in the sea so yeah it was um a fusion of of two great loves that remain to this day you know and actually grow you know now um by the day still yeah and i guess like it's also really nice as as fathers as well to be able to like hand down that like love of the outdoors to to our children as well yeah my son darwin my son darwin my wife is called sarah great name by the way thanks he um 14 now and he loves surfing, but he's a really good bodyboarder. So he loves surfing yeah. the steep and steep and hollow waves of Cornwall. There's a few spots that he particularly likes. I'm, I mainly stand up surf, but I do bodyboard with him on those waves sometimes, and I like it too. But he's braver than I am. Um, we had some pretty pretty chunky waves over the weekend, and I was on the on the nursery slopes compared to his sort of his antics. But um, but yeah, he's he's he loves it, and um, you know, gets us seeing different parts of the coastline, reefs, beaches, stretches of sand and rock that we wouldn't see otherwise, and uh, it's a great access point to um, to yeah to 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 appreciating different things. You know, the wild world around us, not just animals, but the the ecosystem and everything that interacts in that and the, even the physical aspects the wind you get used to you know you can you live in Cornwall long enough you sort of look at the sky and you pretty much know what the w- wind is just instinctively you you, you feel that you, you know you're really in tune with the tides you're really in tune with things and and that is um <clears throat> yeah it's great you know it's something that a lot of people have lost actually being being in tune with the sort of ticking of time and how it how it affects all sort of living things around us and the seasons and what grows what doesn't grow what you see what you can expect to see throughout the year it's pretty pretty amazing yeah exactly it's so kind of tell me a little bit more about the work that you do today in respect to like conservation marine conservation I've been working in marine conservation for a long time through Surfers Against Sewage, but I've just changed jobs to an incredible organisation called Oceana, um, and I'm going to be building a new team in the UK, really looking at restoring abundance to our seas. And that, that's another way of describing managing fish populations in the right way and managing fisheries and how how much damage they do or don't inflict upon fish species and populations around the coastline we've got really abundant seas around the uk but most of our fish docks i think about 70 percent, 65 70 percent are fish beyond scientific evidence so they but they go beyond what science says is sustainable and so oceana is there to, to, to fight that because of course people are always going to fish you're not going to ban fishing and people depend on fish and the seafood for, for protein so they, they do a lot of work on that so i'm going to be working on some big targets over the next few years to create more sustainable fisheries and ban things like bottom trawling that really damage um, our marine environment. I'll also be working on marine protected areas with the team and oil and gas is going to be a new campaign too to look at the marine impacts of that industry in the North Sea um, or the potential threats of it. So yeah, quite exciting campaigns. I'm building a new team to add to what is a few hundred people, about 300 people around the world working in incredible locations on amazing campaigns to to restore and protect the ocean. 
And so that's what I'm going to be focused on. But a sort of a big step in some ways on from SAS. I had a great time building SAS from just a handful of people to 30 team members working on water quality, particularly in plastic pollution. But um, I'm, I'm quite excited about working on new challenging campaigns and learning all about them. One of the things that um, I was intrigued to kind of chat to you about was a little bit more about this work in a little bit more detail because kind of bearing in mind some of the challenges that we see, if we look at the UK, we've we've just issued, I think it was a month ago, we issued, um, the UK government issued around 100 licenses for oil and gas exploration in, in the North Sea. And also we, we look at like some of the devastating effects that happened recently by um, some of the water companies in respect to the the sewage dumping in into our oceans I, I just wanted to get your take on that in respect to the challenge and and also kind of like what what potential solutions could we we work towards to ensure that this doesn't take place well we're going to be joining the fight to to stop those new oil and gas fields in the north sea because you know the the companies that are wanting to to drill in the north sea you know they'll be getting huge subsidies from the taxpayer they'll be making all of the profits and all of the risk from a climate perspective and and from a marine environment perspective will actually fall on on us as individuals these are you know this is the climate we all live in you know we're in this week you know recording this during the the first days of cop 27 the most important issue of our times that's affecting everyone. And um, more North Sea oil and gas is incompatible with our legal requirements um, to tackle climate change. There's no way we can keep on target for the 1.5 degrees sort of limit if we do further exploration. And renewable energy is nine times cheaper than than fossil fuels so this is wrong on every level and we're seeing people around the world already suffering hugely because of the the climate that's changed dramatically since the industrial revolution so you know that is the overarching issue everything else falls into and under that even water quality because if you imagine the conditions we've had over the summer very hot weather drought then very very heavy rain which we've seen you know down here a lot since the summer and that's flushing more and more sewage and, and other pollutants into the water so so these things are interconnected that they're very the very local issues like you talked about of a beach here or there with sewage bills people outrage is very much connected to the global issue that's being discussed in Sharm el Sheikh today for cop 27 and to hear the words of the the UN secretary general Antonio Guterres you know today he says we're we're speeding towards, I paraphrase, speeding towards, you know, a climate nightmare and our foot is, is, is pressing down on the accelerator. You know, this is, this is the words of a diplomat. This is the words of, of somebody who, who normally would be moderate. And this is, this is, you know, terrifying in terms of the, the prospects, you know, particularly in some countries where they're already suffering hugely because of, because of flooding, because of droughts, because of um, famines driven by climate change, but even here, you know, we're seeing we're seeing the impacts, and um, it will circle the whole world. And the, the the thing we need to do now is is act fast on climate. And the sewage issue is one part of that, and it's a it's another example. When I talked about 
Equinor, the, the, the oil company that's trying to get into the North Sea in a bigger way. These are companies making billions of pounds every quarter that are putting their profits ahead of protecting the planet, that are stealing the future from people's children, that are stealing the future of ecosystems and environments around the world and, and animals that we we treasure and are part of this rich, rich world we live in. You know, and the water companies are doing the same, making billions of pounds and polluting at will. And, and it's just a, a classic story. Big business riding roughshod over over the world, you know, profits becoming, people becoming so fixated on making obscene profits that they, they don't know how to moderate. You know, we've got people who, who are earning far too much money and companies that are making far too much money at the expense of the future. And it's sort of as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. And and we see it everywhere, right? We've we've looked at recently, um, everybody in the UK at the moment, in respect to the cost of living crisis, like people are struggling to choose between heating and eating. We we look at the available funds via the likes of a windfall, like Treasury's own, own data points to the fact that over two years, there's 170 billion available there. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, later this month, I think November 17th, we're going to get an autumn budget that'll, that'll talk about a 50 billion um, black hole in in our finances well there's 170 that's available immediately so it's it's quite it's quite telling when you look at that and you also look at um you know for example the volume of sewage that's being dumped into our, into our oceans and, and rivers and around the uk at the same time as you know they're, they're failing in respect to their commitments yet their profits in respect to bonuses are just skyrocketing so i think it's it's a case of short termism at a, at a time we need to we need to look towards a long path rather than the shortcut and i think it's it's definitely up to groups like like yourselves and others to come together to talk about what's possible because like you hit the nail on the head earlier when you were talking about the cost benefit because the cost of of green infrastructure and green energy is far less. I think it's like nine times less than the cost of 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 the old kind of ways. Yeah, look, I mean, renewable energy is the cheapest form of energy now, and whether we like it or not, the the world has to radically change. You know, and and some of the things that we hold as sort of sacrosanct in terms of products today, we might not be able to have in a few years in a short space of time, and and, and people often portray you know, that sort of thing as this, you know, a reduction in 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 your standard of living, uh, a reduction in, you know, of choice. But, you know, it's completely ridiculous because what we're having at the moment is a reduction in the stability of the very life support system that we have. Also, we can have an increased number of, you know, disposable items and, and convenience and, you know, short you know, hot flights to the continent for a for a you know weekend on, on the piss in in Italy, and you know, uh, and the, the the challenge is is you know politicians. I think they always would, of course, want to win over the electorate, and they think that anything that might do that will 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 stop the electorate from from voting for them. They also think that the electorate won't go with changes like that. But we've been through this dress rehearsal of the pandemic and you know if we had been recording this two and a half years ago just before the pandemic in february 2020 you know if i told you peter that you wouldn't be able to see your family and friends for a year that you wouldn't go to a 
an office, you wouldn't be able to go to the pub. And when you returned, you'd have to sanitize your hands and wear a mask that you wouldn't, that all flights around the world would broadly stop. You would have probably laughed in my face, but we all sucked it up. We all saw the crisis. We all felt scared. We all stayed at home. We all did what we were told. And, you know, I think this notion that what we have in society now is a it has to be sustained is is wrong because look there are lots of things we like but if we're told that you can't have farmed salmon anymore salmon every day because it's too damaging to the marine environment and and it's causing too much havoc to fish stocks you probably go fine i'm I'm not going to be able to eat sushi every day i mean i don't actually eat farm salmon myself anyway you know if, if somebody told you look that the age of flying around for short hot weekends is is over you you know you're gonna have a carbon budget and you know your first flight is going to be untaxed and then after it's going to go up and up you probably go well fair enough like that you know good times good times happen and then we've got to we've got to get with the program you know these things can and do change and then we we, we look back even a short space of time in terms of what people had or didn't have my grandparents and i don't doubt yours too you know they lived through the the rationing era of the war you know when when people just got a small amount of sugar and butter and there was not much choice and they had lives they didn't have bad lives and they had rich lives in other ways and i think i think we've got all of the the wrong metrics you know everything is geared around consumption and more consumption that that we we do these days and actually what what happened to to the sort of more nourishing elements of life and they're being eroded by by technology by social media by you know this sort of need that people have to continually purchase stuff you know we've, we've been through this pandemic and we all saw the huge changes we had to to go through and and i think the world and people are prepared to change and they will change and Governments need to be bolder in really setting out what's going to happen now in the face of climate change. We need to go into emergency action. We need to talk about how we restore the wild world around us, particularly ocean habitats, which have the capacity to bounce back much more quickly, marine protected areas, managing fish stocks. Um, We need to get off oil as quickly as possible. And if that means we can't do as many things it doesn't mean that our lives will be bad. Well, I think it's about short-term loss versus long-term gain. Yeah. Because in the short term, you know, we, the likelihood is we are going to have to cut back in order to move forward. And if you look at like the the wider implications of that, what what probably the pandemic showed us was like when we all did that collective will of um follow instructions, go into lockdown, go through kind of periods of, of crisis together, it brings people together. Yeah. And I think the the element that we have to see in front of us now is the realities are around the world, we're, we're faced by profound concerns about destabilizing levels of economic and political inequality, which is the at the at the crux, it's the root cause of social unrest. And we're seeing unrest throughout the world. What's n- necessarily not being articulated too frequently is the fact that there is a a tidal effect and i truly believe that 
like the the seas are change are upon us and, and we're at an intertidal moment in our in our species and our in our entire society and how which how we go and change and evolve going forward i honestly believe that there's a big movement for change coming and it's it's going to be driven from the ground up and i think the the reality is like we all know that governments take a long time they're not exactly the most mobile and of of beasts when it comes to change they they take a long time to to change and they're largely driven by their donors and um their donors desires and and lobbying is quite a problem within not just the uk but as we saw within america and you, you know you can pick a nation and lobbying is pretty pretty damning but ultimately i think what i see especially throughout the companies and people that I work with is there is a a, a desire a, a desire for a movement for change that is about the the long path and not the shortcut. That's ultimately what gives me solace about what the future holds because I, I truly believe that there's more people that have a desire for the benefit of others and the benefit of future generations and becoming that ancestor our future descendants need averse to those kind of looking to perpetuate profit at the at the consistent pain of society. Yeah. Look, I, look, I agree. Look, I think it's also about how much profit. You know, there's a big aggregation of of, of wealth that is not just really not not right now. This is these are these are obscene amounts of money that individuals or small groups are amassing. And and there is just that there is increasing inequality, and so you know I think everyone understands that people need to make a a profit. The businesses need to operate sustainably from a financial perspective. But we've just got to an era where it's 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 gone gone wild. The amount of money people you know want to and expect to make, and so look, I agree. I think we 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 probably haven't seen anything yet. You know, we've seen you know we've got. Um, just stop all protesters on the M25 today, stopping traffic. We've had, um, you know, XR, Extinction Rebellion, rising up around the world over the past few years. We've got the Fridays for the Future movement. But I don't think we've seen anything yet because this is, a, you know, a real emergency. And despite, you know, all of the rhetoric at COP, I don't think people are hopeful it's going to come out with all of the solutions or the pace of change because this isn't just about the words this isn't just about the policy and legislation this isn't just about international agreements it's about action and people aren't seeing that yet you know you know carbon emissions continue to rise there's more and more development you know around the world Our forests are being cut down i mean thankfully um the bolsonaro has been voted out and lula's yeah, yeah. in 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 brazil which is good news for the environment you know thankfully you know there are sort of clear signs from the public that they're they're not necessarily happy with an abandonment of the the environment we've seen the the some of the most moderate environmental charities here in the uk you know the charities like um the national trust and the wildlife trust and the rspb all coming out really vociferously um against the government's plans to to repeal eu law and so they've they've formed this coalition, which is you know all around this attack on nature, and and so we're seeing quite a strong like drive from the public, as you say, you know this sort of movement building stuff, and I am inspired by that. 
I sort of feel that 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 we're not really looking at what is a a, a binary thing um, that sometimes is projected through the media, which is you know we either win or lose, we we live or die. You know what we're trying to do is is create a situation when society can keep on working in the best possible way into the future and the fewest number of people suffer during that time and and we there's it's clear that when there's a huge amount of of suffering that's already out there that will continue to grow but i think what we're really talking about because nature's going to be fine we're really talking about our fight for survival as a human society and what that looks like because you know give it a few hundred thousand years and if we're wiped off the planet nature's going to come back in an even sort of stronger way around the world and so you know we we're really talking about saving ourselves not saving the planet we're really talking about saving ways of life and and expectations uh, when we're talking about the climate fight because nature's got all of the time in the world to to bounce back and invent something else and and innovate a new species and do whatever it wants to do and that will fill niches and gaps that we can't do we haven't got the technology to do what nature does over hundreds of thousands or millions of years and we never will and so nature doesn't care about us and and doesn't need to and we'll be fine so all we're doing is fighting for our own survival planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Yeah, and but I, I think it's right in respect to how you articulate it. It's not like an us versus them narrative, and it shouldn't be. While some camps kind of want that narrative, the reality is it's it's just very clear. Like the change is upon us, whether people like it or not, and it's driven largely through what people had for, collectively through the pandemic. We had this collective pain. We've all reflected on the way that we live and yeah. operate throughout our lives. And as a result, pain plus reflection equals progress. And, and the progress people are wanting to make is a paradigm shift. Like people want a, a new version of society that's driven for people and planet. And there's an overwhelming push for that to take place. And yeah, it's just going to take a little bit of time, but the reality is it is going to take place. And I'm quite encouraged by by the uh, what and optimistic by the future because i think that we've got a unique opportunity now in these weeks moments and years ahead to build out the future that we all want to and desire to see um and that future is largely for the benefit of both people and planet and uh, because we we have shared empathy and care to maintain people and planet and maintain along uh, the long path I agree with you. Look, I mean, and, and the truth is, it makes the most economic sense to act with urgency now, you know, to build all of the the, the renewable infrastructure and infrastructure we can and um, whilst we can to maybe invest the last of the sort of carbon budget in, in getting that really good work and necessary work done. You know, I think people have to be really mindful of what a fool's fool's lanterns or distractions at this time, you know, the EV, the electrical vehicle revolution is is seemingly this sort of saviour thing to many people. But, you know, replacing private vehicles with more private vehicles is not is not a way that we're going to get everyone around and, and save the planet. It's just saving the automobile industry. And that that's really, you know, sort of challenging. So we have to look at we have to look at that long-term sort of view, you know, how do we create cities without vehicles and great public transport? How do we get people around in a, in a way that is the most efficient, which is not, which is not everyone in, in their own vehicles? How do we create a new way of thinking about, you know, what we do and how we do it? You know, and what, what are the things we can get rid of? And, you know, what will we look back on and say, wow, you know, we, we lived through the age, you know, we're in, the, the peak maybe of the age of abundance you know literally if i go onto amazon now and order something it'll probably be here in in the morning if i order by by eight o'clock you know you can have anything you go how the hell are we in that society you know where you know you can you can get stuff so quickly and the pace of everything is like a tightening coil the pace of transactions is like a tightening coil around the planet that is constricting the, the life as we know it out of it. You know, it's just just impossible. I mean, the, the, mind, the mind boggles. And for all of the sustainable brands, and, you know, I love brands that are trying to do better, you know, there's no making of stuff that is, is not damaging to the planet. And so compared to when you or I were a kid, you know, there's, there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands more brands. And they're all, lots of them are trying to do it more sustainably, but many, many thousands more brands doing it sustainably worse than a few brands doing it unsustainably. It's, you know, it's a, it's a funny world we live in. And so, you know, people are trying to do less harm, but actually what we probably need to do is accept that there's going to be more restrictions on what we can consume and how quickly doesn't mean we're going to have a bad life we'll get more time back 
one of the challenges we've talked about briefly about government, we've talked briefly about corporations, but one of their foundation founding challenges is is largely time. So if you look at governments get four years, it's four year cycles. They're very much driven by retention of power yeah. and t- staying in power. So hence, they have to just play to the whims of who their largest donors and lobbyists are and what their members say. And then on the same side of it, you then get um, companies that every quarter they assess like how well they are doing from a from a um, monetary stance, like have they built and enabled more revenue growth. And growth is only, it's it's not limitless, it's, it's not never-ending. So the, the, the fact is you, we have to ultimately start thinking about how we measure success as a whole and is it successful to profit at the basis at the basis of pain of others and I think when people start thinking wider more holistically about what is possible and what could could take place it ultimately leads to more I would say desire to come together more international cooperation for change because I think the benefits of groups like COP is they get decision makers together in one place. Uh, there's a lot of negatives that you know we could go through, but it gets decision makers into one place. Now they need to make decisions at this at this point in time. They need to look at, at mandating timeframes and they need to look at committing and being held accountable to their commitments. I think that's where we've seen them go wrong in the past, and is the fact that we've let companies, we've let governments get away with what what should be binding commitments for change and i think because of that it's kind of motivating others to do more i i do agree with you on on you know it's you know it's great that these decision makers are coming together i do think it's a challenge they do make decisions but you know the implementation is what we're seeing is really lacking and i was at cop 26 in glasgow and i was inside the venue speaking to people and i was you know, an observer, and I was outside with the protesters too. And I, I think that they're, they're both really necessary. I think you need that civil civil society movement of people, some of the civil disobedience, some of the the nonviolent protests to to drive change and make keep the the energy and momentum and public focus and political focus on it. You need the people, the the diplomats, and the people who are experts at writing policy and legislation and, and treaties to come together and, and be able to do that. And and the sort of the, the real sort of missing part sometimes is the the implementation, you know, how how people then act and how governments act can force. You know, a lot of these things can go at glacial pace, and that's a, a horrible pun to use when we're talking yeah, about <laughs> fast melt, melting glaciers now. You know, they probably don't go as fast as glaciers are melting, actually. The, the challenges, and I worked on things, you know, on plastic legislation or, and stuff that we agreed and won in 2017, 18, still isn't, like, implemented, still is far off. And you're like, look, it's hardly the sign of, like, an emergency bit of action to deal with plastics choking our ocean you know a lot of the the, the work and the good words you know of of cop in you know whether it's cop 26 or any of the cops before still hasn't been you know implemented the the stern report that i think was 2006 was it eight you know still hasn't been been acted on despite the the, the fact that they, they set out that that, that there was just no room for delay and we keep sort of delaying this action and it's the inevitable and it's 
you know, it's, it's probably already costing the world more than it, it would have done anyway, you know, in terms of the the huge damage that's being caused by changing weather patterns and the things we're going to lose. And I think we're still blissfully, blissfully unaware and ignorant of the, the major cities that are going to not be habitable, you know, and they're not it, within our lifetimes. This isn't about a few hundred years away. This is like places may well not exist in our lifetimes. I mean, the the prediction on sea level rise, I think, at the two degrees that they're predicting now for the Maldives is eighty percent of their land goes. Eighty percent of a country disappears. Uh, and uh, even if even at one point five, like they um, anything over that, like you know the Maldives and others are essentially gone. And then you you kind of look at wider impacts of that, and you know we as well as like a paradigm shift. I do think that there is an awful lot to be said about political change as well, because like you know any any government. I'm not picking fault just in the UK, but any government that is in power for like twelve years and they aren't held accountable for their actions and their delivery is um, lacking, to say, then, yeah, like it leads to problems. And when we see this throughout the UK, we see it in other developed nations as well. Um, we see it in so-called underdeveloped nations. And I think there is a real lacking in leadership at the top because this, the tone has, has always been the case, is always set from the top. And if a tone at the top is a bit kind of all over the place, is a polite way to put it, then... Um, you know, when do we really see the implementation that society wants and clamors for? Um, and and that is why you're seeing more and more social unrest because people are realizing that like there's a lacking of of leadership by our so-called leaders. So people, businesses are coming co- together collectively from an organic level at the base and creating movements for change going forward. So that's why I'm like I'm quite encouraged. I agree with that. You know and. You know, it's sort of revolutionary, really. I think people have got are getting wise. You know, politicians, it's so short-termism. You know, they know that in four years they can't really change that much. They can do some superficial stuff. They know they might get two terms. You know, sadly, we've had a sort of three terms of of, of probably what has been quite a challenge, you know, challenging government in on many, many fronts. You know, and 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 people are you know, starting to sort of wake up to it. And, you know, we've got a government that, you know, today I heard one target that was set to to, to eliminate the chemical pollution of rivers. 2063 is the target, 2063. I mean, it's not just they're going to be out of office. They'll all be underground by that time. They'll be dead. They'll be skeletons. They'll be dust. You know, this is like, this is not a target. This is not a deliverable. This is this is an absolute fantasy, fantasy numbers that, that people are like, you know, we, we'd all love to do that in our job. Go, yeah, look, I'll clean the house in 2063. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's just not, it's not, it's not consistent with, with what needs to happen in, in the world. Um, and it's really only consistent with, you know, this short-term profiteering that that is sort of endemic in in society now and in in rich countries in in fisheries terms you know people often talk about the tragedy of the commons you know this this shared shared resource and then then basically everyone just tries to get as much as they can until there's nothing left you know and if one person says i won't take as much then another person takes even more 
And and we've got the same, you know, with with climate, you know, with carbon dioxide. You know, as one country says, you know, says I'll make some cutbacks. Another one wants to put even more out there, and it all gets sort of shifted around. And people are chewing through resources like there's no tomorrow, uh, and maybe there is no tomorrow at you know at that rate. So you know, and I think we've got to be be careful now. This this inflection point of sort of doomism. You know, we've got sort of camps forming. You know, people going it's like it's too late. We sort of can't do anything, and it, it sort of starts to feed that coil that's tightening around the planet, which is like. People are literally going fuck it. Like, like what? What we meant? What we meant to do? How, why, why should we try at all? You got the radical. You got the radical progressives. The people who can sort of see the, you know, see the opportunity in reforming the world. And then you have got people who just go, "There's party till it's all over." And then you have got probably a load of people, despite you know, you, you you're clearly very passionate and knowledgeable about this stuff. But there's a lot of people who don't care who want to watch, you know, it, it, to use a Ro- I think a Roman analogy, it's bread and circuses, keep, keep the bellies full, keep them entertained with, with I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or whatever. And, and then they're, they're all just, everyone's just placid. But I think that, that is, I, I agree, that's problematic, but I think that's, that's why it's important to like educate people, like share um, yeah. new people to new people, share, share new information yeah. amongst, amongst new groups. I think that's that's the benefit for those like understanding that mindsets cannot be fixed. They they must be um, they must always be on the on the ability to kind of grow. That's probably the only beneficial element of growth. It is your mindset should be able to grow. Yeah, yeah. There's that old analogy about leadership, and I have to harken back to this. But like real leaders lead on change, and and we don't see real leadership at the moment. And it's kind of the, there seems to be a crisis of leadership throughout a lot of kind of nations and. That in itself, if we look to things like the cost of living crisis, like people are naturally have a desire to kind of harker back into themselves and, you know, say they oh fuck it because like fear limits people. But when you are able to see that actually this has been done over there, this has been done here, this has been done there and start connecting the dots. Yeah, you're right. And look, I think we need the politics of hope. And you're right, you know, leaders truly do lead, you know, they've got to set out a vision exactly for their their supporters or their 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 sort of their 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 base and and that's so important you know if you don't set out a vision you know what what do you want to happen i mean i'm i'm in the midst of setting out my vision for 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 a, a small team of people you know and i've got to make sure they're motivated i've got to create the conditions to take people along on a journey where we can win campaigns and create change and you know growth naturally part of growth is is death Re- regeneration and succession you know and, and nothing lasts forever and you know that's you know I mean, we're, we're seeing that in you know society as we know it we, you know you see it in political parties after one two three terms you know whatever your political persuasion you know i think you know that all parties have good and bad elements to them you know that you may not you know ultimately believe in 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 the whole of of either any shade over the political spectrum, but there'll be good and bad people working, you know, throughout sort of throughout, you know, any any system and organization. It definitely feels like that, you know, we're we're seeing now the time, you know, for for sort of really big change politically. 
pretty excited to see that. I think people want more. Uh, Radical is a bad word. I think people really want to see some progressive stuff that that rebalances society in a better way. And you know, rebalancing society will rebalance our relationship with nature too, because you know, you know, most of the harm comes from from you know the aggregation of of wealth and and power that that then yeah. can't be dismantled. I was going to say, like, you know, it's worth saying that I think as we move forward, what we will likely see is a more even distribution of wealth. Because like, if you look, if you look back in society as, as we've evolved as a, as a, as a species, we've always had these kind of change moments and these change moments are largely driven by such rising levels of inequality. And ultimately it leads to an uprising of people. And what we see at the moment is like huge levels of inequality, high levels of inflation, um, and we're about to see high levels of of cuts to public services. Yeah, the likelihood is you end up, you know, there's further knock on effects in respect to where we go from there. Like it's another boomer bust uh, bust point in our in our time, and um, I think that yeah, we just need to make more thoughtful and pragmatic and positive approaches to change and to policy and involve people because you know like i'm not affiliated to a party i'm more aligned to the fact that i think collective groups of people and diverse viewpoints and thinking should be part of the conversation as long as we look towards action because i don't i don't see the point in having a conversation if it leads to no action like there has to be some point of action or some um, need for a conversation to take place and you know that's that's like the benefit of this podcast because people are learning as they listen and then they encourage themselves to then go out out and learn a little bit more and connect to new people and then through that individual decision to change themselves they can help change others as well completely completely and i think um I think people need to sort of keep 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 moving and keep hopeful. You know, I mean, whatever happens, you know, if you're you know likely listening to this podcast, if you've got a device to do that, if you've got if you've got um, an interest in this, you you'll have the 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 power and sort of an ability to to create change and to go out there and use your your life for for the the best good you can do. We can't all try and do good every day. And like none of us doesn't, has a zero impact on the world, but we can strive to have a a bigger, better sort of impact on the world. And, you know, what does that look like? I mean, people have been fixated on reusable cups and, and water bottles for years, but I mean, I'm not sure that's saving the world. It's not bad per se do it you know you should all do it, but, but ultimately, you know, what we need to do is use our voice and, and lend our voice to different, different systems that can create change you know the political system we all have to vote you know vote vote with the environment and people in mind you know you can use your you know your spending power to to choose better products for the world you know you can lend your voice to organizations like you know the national trust like oceana like the wildlife trust to to, to support the, the 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 public lobbying effort to to change laws and protect the planet protect our rights to campaign protect our rights to protest you know protect people and livelihoods you know all of those things and you know those are those are good you know good things um so we can all we can all do more and think about think about that that connects to all of the issues we've sort of discussed but you know the environmental issue whether it's you know making sure that on a on the sort of climate front you're thinking about that at the uh, in the 
the voting booth when you're you know putting your cross on the card and thinking about that when it comes down to sewage pollution and plastic pollution you know what what party is going to represent your interests in the best way um who's coupling positive economic growth with good environmental stewardship and re- restoration and 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 um, a redistribution of wealth in the right way um um, you know all of those things that can can be good. You know you can use your your money to to buy good products, and or not buy products where you can sort of avoid to and get things that last sort of longer, and and then not forget you know that life is a really precious thing and you've been like blessed to just just be be on the planet, and and you've got to take a moment to pause on that because life is now and everything is rolling along and and that's an incredible thing in its own right you know that we live in in an age where where there's been so much that's possible and we're so connected um and we mustn't we mustn't forget what a privilege that is too and use that privilege for good impact yeah 100 percent. i think that's a great place to finish it's like it's true like life is to be lived not squandered and people have a real opportunity now to kind of live the lives that they want to live but live it through the the lens that like we have an opportunity to live a last leave a lasting legacy for others behind us by the actions and decisions that we make today um there's no future in the past but there is an opportunity for change of the future so i think where where we go from here is dictated very much by ourselves and that's why i'm encouraged by what we have to do look peter it's been great to talk to you thanks for thanks for reaching out yeah it's been awesome thank you for listening to the purpose made podcast Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.